Welcome in, everybody, to the Horror's Edge podcast. My name's Phil. And I'm Stacy. And today we're going to discuss Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, released in 2009. This came out two years after his uh, reboot of the franchise, and two years after he said that he was not going to do a sequel to the Halloween movie. Which I what a liar. Was, uh, <laughs> hey, money talks. <laughs> I like Very money loudly. too, so don't blame the man. Um, uh, so Rob Zombie's reason for doing this sequel, according to him, uh, I mean, let's be real, it's money. But the reason that he gave was he did not want his reboot of the franchise to have a sequel. But when the studio said that they were going to do a sequel, he wanted to be in charge of it. So that way somebody wouldn't ruin his idea, his creative vision behind it, which I can understand. And you can very much tell Rob Zombie cares about his products being his ideas because yes. uh, this is very Rob Zombie. <laughs> I think this one even more than the first one. Yeah. Yep. I can definitely see that. Um so this movie was released in 2009, like I said, and it, it, it's always an interesting thing when somebody decides to reboot a franchise and then they people try and come up with, does the reboot deserve a sequel? So you have a franchise which already has a ton of sequels in it, and then you have the somebody decide, hey, that this franchise just got old, let's start over. And then somebody's like, hey... Let's do that again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm not saying that it's not wrong because movies like this definitely deserve sequels. They they should have sequels. Um, and I have absolutely no problem with it. It's just a funny concept in my mind. Don't you think? I do think. And I feel like through this franchise so far, it's kind of been torn in so many different directions that why not make a sequel to the reboot? Yeah. And, and uh, unlike other franchises, Michael is typically not a uh, villain that goes out of his way to get different styles of kills, I guess you could say. Yes, there are movies where he attempted doing different things, but I, I don't think that's really the main thing that they're shooting for, unlike Nightmare on Elm Street, where they're trying to get as creative as possible or even... Uh, uh, child's play where they try and go as bonkers and off the wall as crazy uh, kills as they can. This one reminds me very much of the Scream franchise where all the kills are pretty much here's a butcher's knife, there's a body, make the two meet, and we'll move on to the next one. Yeah, they have an outline of what they'd like each movie to have, kind of like a checklist. And as long as they fill in the in-betweens, you're good. Yep. Have a lead girl. Lead girl meets new friends, or has friends. Friends die, lead girl lives. Wrench, wash, repeat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Halloween 2 was met with very, uh, very, very varying uh, fan reception. Um, on IMDb, it's a 4.8 out of 10. By no means the worst in the franchise, but definitely not the best. Um, the... Uh, According to IMDb, the plot is Laurie Strode struggles to come to terms with her brother Michael's deadly return to Haddonfield, Illinois. Meanwhile, Michael prepares for another reunion with his sister. So, if you were to read that, 
plot synopsis right there. That is the plot synopsis for almost every Halloween movie out there. I was just going to say that. <laughs> um, so we do have a couple of people reprising their roles. Uh, Scott Taylor Compton is back as Laurie Strode. Malcolm McDowell is back as Dr. Samuel Loomis. Taylor Maine is back as Michael Myers. Sherry Moon Zombie is back as Deborah Myers, despite being dead. Brad Dorf is back as Sheriff Brackett. Uh, we got Annie returning. Uh, Danielle Harris is back as Annie Brackett, which this up to this point made her tied with um, Jamie Lee Curtis's the same amount of entries that both of them are in. Oh, wow. That's an interesting fact. Yeah, so Jamie Lee is in 1, 2, H2O, and Resurrection, and Danielle is in 4, 5, and then the reboot and reboot 2. So I thought that was pretty neat. That is pretty neat. Um, and you have a bunch of other uh, key players in here. So uh, I guess I w let's break down into reviewing what we think of this film. The way that we review movies on this channel is 1 through 10. 1 is dog shit terrible. Don't watch this movie. Don't waste your time. It's just plain old not worth it. 5 being this is an average movie. You can put it on. Keep it in the background. It's not going to bother you, but you're not going to write home to your mom about it. 10 being this thing is groundbreaking. You need to tell all of your friends about this movie instantly. So that way you guys can start having spoiler chats. 1 to 10, where would you rate this? I gave it a rating of a 7. Uh, kind of the same reasoning for what I rated... The previous movie uh, loved the music, thought the music throughout was really well done, very zombie-ish, uh, very violent, graphic and gory, sexual in nature, which again, that goes back to the, the storyline that Rob Zombie was trying to get with, um, but the story throughout kind of fell flat for me. Uh, there was pieces that I thought didn't really need to be in there. Uh, kind of boring during parts of it. Didn't really understand where what direction they were going with. So I gave it a solid 7. Okay. What about you? I gave it a 4 out of 10 again. Same exact uh, review as the last one. This one had, uh, I would say, more kills than the last one. They're very gory. Uh, once again, very, very good sound while they're happening. They seem very realistic. I, I love the brutality in this. Michael Myers, once again, is awesome. Where this movie falls flat is story. Um, there are a lot of visions, and you can clearly see them on the screen, and it's happening all the time, and it's giving a purpose behind why Michael is doing what he's doing and I don't care for it I don't like it in the franchise it's almost rinse wash and repeat the same thing that I said about Halloween 1 except this one doesn't have a backstory of him as a kid which honestly helps maybe it should bump it up to a 5 but th this movie overall is probably worse than the first one but whereas the first one I really really enjoyed the second half yes. this one I tolerated the whole movie, thought that it was average, but the plot parts kill me. Yes. And there, there are big things that I'm just like, why is this in the movie? Why are we discussing this and why is it constantly coming up like people are clamoring for more of this? Yes. But Rob Zombie is very much Rob Zombie and he will 
push what he wants, not what you want. So this is what we got. Um, and this definitely killed the franchise for a while. Uh, it put things on hold until uh, Halloween 2018 came back to just say, you know what, let's do a soft reboot. Uh, the original happened. Everything else didn't. Yeah. Uh, so this this thing. When did um, this one come out? This came out in two thousand nine. So it took nine years for another Halloween movie okay. to come out. Um, and who knows it's gonna, how long it's going to be after Halloween ends before another one comes out. I mean, this franchise has been making a lot of money, yes. which is both good and bad. Um, I'm a franchise junkie. If you tell me you that think that there's an end and an end in sight. Oh, absolutely. There's an end. But then there's always ways to bring him back. Yes. Uh, whether that's through reboot, whether through it you know, or reimagining. Like I, I told you before, I would love to see a uh, Jamie spinoff. A, Jamie spinoff where she didn't die at the beginning of six. That, yeah. That would be cool. Have her come back and either fend off, fight with, or fight for Michael. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be a very neat concept. But who knows where. It, uh, this franchise is going to go. One thing that I do know is this movie is ma- this franchise is making too much money to be done. Yes. Uh, way too much. The budget for this film was $15 million, And even though this is a film that got very bad uh, reviews, both critically, fan base, everything like that, in the box office it made almost $40 million. So wow. it, it almost, almost more than tripled its money. Just in the box office, that doesn't include DVD or Blu-ray sales, which we obviously have the uh, DVD or Blu-ray at our house, so we bought it yeah. uh, long before reviewing things for this channel. So uh, as a heads up, we did watch the director's cut of this movie, which adds 14 minutes of runtime, which based on my rating, I think is 14 minutes too much. <laughs> based on your rating, that may be 14 minutes not enough. You may want another 14 minutes. Uh, the original runtime is an hour 45. The uh, director's cut is an hour 59, so just shy of two hours. Uh, to me, it ran way too long. But uh, let's get into a little bit of spoiler stuff. Uh, so if you have, I'm going to start out with trivia like I normally do. If you have not seen this uh, film, I highly suggest that you tune out at this point. Go check out the movie for yourself. Come up with your own uh, opinion on it and then join back in for the spoiler discussions that way you can see what i think mount your ideas off of it and me yeah absolutely so uh the first thing that i found is john carpenter himself was offered a cameo in this film by rob zombie and he turned it down go figure yeah <laughs> I, I don't think that after seeing the first one john carpenter was a big fan yeah. of uh these reboots uh, the first Halloween movie to include Michael clearly walking around without his mask on. And he walked around without it for a long portion of this movie. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yep. The whole point of a Halloween movie is the Michael Myers mask. I can see him kind of hinting that he doesn't have it on, but just having long hair and a beard. Yeah, there there yeah. are there are many movies where he does, I, I think... Everyone has him without his mask at some point, but it's very brief every time. And, he, and it's a priority for him to put it right back on. Yes. 
So like in the original Halloween, it gets ripped off before uh, Dr. Loomis shoots him. Uh, and he, instead of chasing Lori down, lets her get away just that way he can put his mask back on. Yeah, and that, that's, that felt flat for me, the fact that he was without the mask for almost the whole movie. Despite having it. He was right. carrying it around with him. In his pocket. Yep. This is where I got the Daniel Harris fact for being in here four times. Um, Dig Farrarch, I cannot say his name, the boy who uh, was young Michael Myers and the original one, originally was set to reprise his role, but was replaced and the scenes completely reshot after it became completely apparent that he had noticeably grown up since the last installment, no longer looked remotely the same age. So it's a very Stranger Things It type of problem that this movie had with yeah. bringing back a young actor. And That's the first thing I noticed was it was a different child actor playing Michael. I didn't really care for him to play the role. I didn't notice any difference. Uh, the young Michael in this one, I don't know if he said a single word. Mm. It showed his mom a whole bunch of times, and it showed him a bunch of times, but he was just kind of like walking around with mom or holding Maybe. her hand or in front of Michael or something like that. Yeah. Um, due to his miserable experience working with the Weinsteins on these Halloween films, Rob Zombie has disowned them, especially this one in particular, where, according to him, was the worst studio interference that he ever had. Wow. Um, while writing Sam Loomis for the sequel, this one I found interesting because there's two different takes inside of the trivia section. While writing Sam Lo Loomis for the sequel, Rob Zombie based his egotistic and self-absorbed personality on Dr. Phil and his talk show. But then later on, it goes to say that uh, the character who played uh, the characterism of Dr. Loomis as greedy, unlikable, egotistical was Malcolm McDowell's idea. He told Rob Zombie that he didn't want to give the same performance from the first film. So there are completely contrasting yeah. uh, things in there about that. And that's the thing that I did not like about this movie was his personality. Yep, that was one of the big, uh, I would say, two problems that I had with this movie. But they're reoccurring problems that I have with this movie. That's one of them. Yes. Um, I can't yeah. wait to dive into that. Yeah. It's so much to say. Yeah, I'm not super pumped about it. Not one bit. All right, let's uh, dive into our scene-by-scene -scene breakdown of this movie. <clears throat> let's do it so the movie opens up with what i would consider consider the biggest misfire of this movie entirely which is the white horse idea white horse slash mom with sun ghost image following michael around yes. so it gives a definition on the screen it says white horse it is linked to instinct purity and the drive of the physical body to release powerful and emotional forces like rage with ensuing chaos and destruction. So that lets you know that the, the white horse is going to have something to do with this movie. So the intro is Deborah Myers walking into the sanitarium uh, with Michael as a kid. So I, I was wrong. My, Michael does have words, and yes. I believe that it was the flashbacks of him being in the sanitarium. Yes. And she gives Michael a white horse toy. And uh, he said that he had a dream of a white horse. Uh, mom was there she was like a beautiful ghost she was in all white uh, and you were walking down with a white horse saying that she was going to take him home 
Deborah tickles him and laughs when he finally shows a smile. Um, so there was another interesting thing that I saw in here that Rob Zombie uh, was talking about why he chose a white horse. And for him, there was no real reason other than it's a white horse. <laughs> Let me see if I can find that one again because I thought that was pretty funny. But while I'm looking for that, what did you think of uh, the opening, their idea of this white horse having symbolism? Yeah, I didn't really care for that storyline of Michael kind of having a vision of his mom that's dead with a white horse. And then it's child Michael. Throughout the movie, they kind of hint at it and... I just didn't really understand what the purpose was. Was it to explain why he's going after his sister because his mom wants him to? It, the whole thing was confusing to me. Yeah, it didn't make much sense. And the uh, quote that I found in the trivia page was, though this film opens with an explanation for the meaning of Michael's toy white horse and it frequently appears alongside his mother in his hallucinations, Rob Zombie has said that it really doesn't have any deeper meaning than what's established in the film. To counter the many fan theories trying to explain its significance, the toy horse is simply a representation of Michael's lost innocence, and nothing more, as it's a toy from his once happy childhood. According to Zombie, he picked a white horse as it was more cinematic, and that it really could have been anything else instead, including a fire truck engine. So, how do you go from a fire truck engine to a white horse? Yeah, and uh, it it just didn't work for me. It fell completely flat. I think if they wanted the dead mother to kind of come back and have conversations with him, I think they could have found a better way to do that. Yeah. So from here, uh, like I said, Deborah uh, Myers tickles him, and he starts laughing, and she smiles, and then, boom! You hear the gunshot. Halloween 2 title card, and you just hear uh, Lori screaming her head off 15 years later. Awesome title card. I yes. thought that it was done perfect. Bring us yes. right back to the chaos that happened. Uh, and it shows Lori walking down the street with a gun in her hand, and she's just covered head to toe in blood, just like completely shook, completely fucked like everything about it is yeah. just she's in holy complete shit. shock yeah even holding the gun it's like she doesn't even realize she's holding it yeah so sheriff Brackett ends up pulling up next to her and getting out of the car and he's just trying to talk her down like hey it's okay honey it's okay tell you what just give me the gun let's talk this out he yeah, grabs he the to, gun like, from her. out of her yeah and she's just shaking she she doesn't know what to do she's keep mumbling i killed him I killed him. And we flash to her in the hospital. She is screaming her head off, soaked in blood, flashes of hallway lights. Halloween franchise loves hallway lights. It's like their favorite thing in the world, the strobe. Yeah. She's definitely in thing. shock on yeah. the gurning going into the hospital. Yep, and it does very good showing the suffering that she's going through. And uh, she, we jump over to the... Uh, Meyer's house now, and they're just taking the bodies out one after another after another. Um, 
we're jumping back to Lori, and she's just banged the hell up. They're showing everything, too. She's getting stitches. She's getting stuff removed from her skin, and they're just visually showing the needles going through her skin, the yeah. sounds of it going through. They're picking uh, wood trims out of open wounds. The and fingernails. They were pulling her fingernail off. Yeah, because they were just destroyed. Oh. So gross. Very gross stuff. And now we're back at uh, the Myers house and the coroners are loading bodies in the vans from the first movie. And they're making jokes about how heavy the bodies are while on site, while the TV crews are there. I <laughs> Just know. Just be a, li- a little bit respectful if your job is to deal with the dead because families are watching. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's insane. Uh, and the sheriff says that they need to lock the place up tight. And then they're like, yeah, well. They're dead. Where are they going to go? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the two coroners, their names are Gary and Hooks. And they're discussing just like disgusting shit to each other. Uh, like they're bringing uh, Linda to uh, obviously the morgue, the girl from the first movie, and she's dead. And they're talking about how hot she was, how she's got nice tits, even though that she's dead. They might still screw her. And uh, another interesting piece of trivia, the word fuck and its derivatives are used 112 times during this film. You can definitely tell. <laughs> it's their favorite word. Um, and there is a lot of it on this conversation. And Gary and Hooks are two very disgusting, disturbing people. Uh, their conversation that they were having is just, yeah, it makes your skin crawl. Yeah. And it, like, why do you need characters like that? this in here? Like are I they trying to make you want them to die? You're more? trying to hate them, but it's, it was just made my stomach hurt. It was so inappropriate, just like in the first movie when they were um, having the two guards rape the girl. Yeah. Some of this stuff doesn't need to be in the movie just to make it, like, um, eye-opening and, like, over-the-top. It's because Rob Zombie loves Grindhouse movies. I, I know that you don't really know what that is, but it's the style. So the disgusting, depraved, uh, super gory, super violent, yeah. super in-your-face type of stuff. And he's a very big fan of it, so he's obviously going to put it in... Uh, yeah. His movies. But this talk is going on way too long. They're just being way too disgusting about it. And one of them just goes, cow. What? Cow! Yeah. There's a cow in the middle of the street and they just plow into this thing and it explodes everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the coroners are brutally, brutally banged up from this accident. Like the driver is still alive, but he's spitting blood out. He he's all types of broken oh, you forgot bones to sticking that out. Myers was in the back of the van. Yes, uh, one of the people that was dead in there, in addition to Linda, was Myers. Uh, so everybody who died in the Myers house from the last movie is now in the back of this van. Um, so the driver is still alive after this accident, but super, super banged up. You can see bones sticking out of his skin. Uh, he can barely move anything except for his head. He looks over. His body is dead. Dead as a doornail. His face is just destroyed and it's showing everything. Um, and Gary is still alive and just saying fuck and shit about a million times. Yes. (laughs) Only words he can say. Uh, and then you start seeing the camera shake, boom, boom. Yeah. So it's Myers banging the back door of the corner van off, and he's kicking it off, 
<clears throat> and uh, Gary's asking for help because he doesn't know what's going on here. He thought that the EMTs showed up or cops showed up and they're yeah. trying to get in to find survivors. So he's asking for help. And then he sees that it's Myers. And Myers just walks to the front, reaches down, grabs a shard of glass. Oh, so and gross. Myers very slowly cuts his head off. With sound effects. Oh, yeah. And it's super, super, super sound effecty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very wet. Uh, so he cuts his head off, and it's focusing in on Myers' face throughout this for the most of it. And Myers' mask is super beat up, and it looks awesome. Yes. <clears throat> There's burn marks all over it. It's missing sections of it. Like, you can tell he went through hell in the last movie, and it looks like he went through hell. Yeah. So at this point, we see the white horse in the road with Mom. Myers drops the head and just stares at it. Now we're back at the hospital, and Knights in White Satin is playing. It's a very, very dark song, yet it's also not. It's kind of beautiful. It's kind of dark. It fits this perfectly, like 100% perfectly. Yeah. And it, it comes up several times throughout, and I thought that it works. Very cool. Um so Lori wakes up and she walks out of her bed. The nurses are both joking with each other. Lori makes it into Annie's room and you can tell she is struggling with every step on her way over there uh, because she just went through absolute hell. Um, Annie is on life support, but she's still alive um, and she's beat to shit as well. So both of them just look like they went through the rigors the night before. Nurse Daniels comes in and says she can't be there because uh, both Annie and her have to get their rest. Yeah. Um, so the nurse starts walking her back to her room despite Lori wanting to stay. And she gets called to the emergency room and leaves Lori to walk to the room by herself, uh, which. That was really weird. No, first off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but whatever. So she's walking back to her room by herself. <clears throat> and. Lori, she all of a sudden feels really woozy. She's calling out for help. Nobody's responding because nobody's there. So now the nurse walks back in, and she's bleeding from a cut in her face. And then Myers walks in. The nurse just, like, spits up a bunch of blood and falls down. Uh, Myers picks the nurse up and just stabs her, like, a dozen times. It was so brutal. Oh, I love it. Like, just the action. I know that it wasn't him actually stabbing her to get that sound effect, but whatever they were doing, it was so brutal. Yep. I mean, you just hear, shh, 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 shh. It yep. was... It's not like an 80s movie where they just have the sound of a knife slashing in there, yeah. uh, which is a cool enough sound, but this, it's like they took a, uh, a pig corpse or something and use yeah. that to just plunge a knife into I, don't know. I mean it, it, it sounds, sounded real so good it's so realistic that it's that's scary. that's what i mean and it, it it brings a heightened level of fear absolutely to it, it makes that was the really good. hairs on the back of your neck just stand up yeah so nurse daniels is dead and uh on the way down the stairs so Lori runs she sees that and she's like fuck this yeah, <laughs> turns around and runs <laughs> uh she runs down the stairs and she's in a walking boot her other foot's cut to shit she has she lost so much blood the day before she's woozy so she's struggling to go down but as she's going down she sees the second 
second nurse that you saw in the beginning in the movie Dead in the Stairwell. And her you, eyes were like gouged out. Yeah. So she, she gets out of the hospital and then she falls into a dumpster that's filled to the brim with bodies. That was uh, weird to me. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, those are all the victims of Michael's. Yep. Michael that he used in the hospital and killed them. But what the heck? It was filled with like 50 people. Uh, give me one second and I can fully explain that. So Lori makes it to a guard shack, pops the window open, climbs in, and then a guard named Buddy uh, comes in. And he's super nice, super calming, trying to get her to calm down to go back to the hospital because obviously it's downpour raining and freezing she can't be outside and at this point uh he leaves to go get his car so that way he can bring her back and knights in white satin starts playing again in the background off of the tv such a cool song for the moment because it's just complete silence she's waiting for him to come back is he gonna come back or is michael and then he makes it back with the uh car as soon as he makes it to the door he goes to open it michael hits him in the back with an axe and just starts beating him with an axe now. Um, so she, Michael, doesn't know that she's in there, although he kind of does. Maybe he's just toying with her. He circles the little guard shack, leaves, breaks the window, uh, and starts chopping the thing to the axe, swings the axe at her, and then she wakes up. This whole opening sequence is a dream. Uh, Everything yeah. from the hospital is a dream. Nurse Daniels doesn't die. Uh, there's not a dumpster full of bodies. I forgot about that. Buddy doesn't die. All this is a dream. It's a fucking eight minute dream. I forgot I about that. I hate it when movies do this. It pisses me off to no extent because how am I supposed to take shit seriously throughout this film if this is how you're going to try and trick me? Yeah, I forgot that that was a dream. I even wrote it was a dream on my little notepad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you're kind of questioning to yourself at this point, okay, is Annie still alive? Yeah. Is Lori still alive? Like, who's having this dream? And it just flashes to October 29th, two years later. Um, so from here, um, Lori is looking in a mirror saying he's dead. He's dead. He's fucking dead. So she has serious serious PTSD from what happened two years ago. Yeah, she has a lot of trauma, as she should. Sure, absolutely. Uh, it's all rightfully so. I don't blame her, but at the same time, really messed up. And then as it's zooming out, that place looks like a crack house. Yeah. <laughs> the it's, whole place is just disgusting, grimy. Looks like a grindhouse movie or literally a crack house. Yeah. Uh, it, shit is written all over the walls. Uh, and you find out that this is Sheriff Brackett's house. Right. I didn't understand that. I mean, I I understood how Lori could kind of live like that. But when you pan out and see that it's actually Sheriff's house with Annie, mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. There's no way that he would live in a house like that. Well, you you don't know much from the first movie. Uh, the only thing that you know about is he, he's a single dad, or that's what it implies anyway. He's taking care of Annie by himself. Lori is her best friend. So when you, you blame yourself for what happened to Lori because you didn't take Loomis completely seriously, yeah. 
Lori, both of Lori's step parents die. She finds out that. Well, I guess that she doesn't find. She doesn't out. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't mention that at all yet. Um, all this shit happens to her. She's completely messed up. You take over her. Maybe you just let her make her place her place. That's true. So that way she has her own thing and you can't take that away from her. But either way, it's just disgusting. Yeah. So Annie's giving him shit about eating normal eggs and what he's putting in his body. He's like, I don't give a fuck. It's food. Food is food. <laughs> uh, so Annie's now a complete vegetarian. Like, oh, the Sheriff's like, oh, I'm going to get pizza. Oh, make sure you get fully organic this and that and that. And then he's like... No, I'm just going to get something absolutely disgusting with a shit ton of grease and a lot of meat planted on it. <laughs> so, Brackett's just, he's a funny guy. He's a great character in this, and I think that he was played very, very well. I agree. I really liked his character. He really grew throughout the second movie. Yeah, Brad Dorf did such an awesome job. And I'm trying to think of some other movies that he's in. I'm looking at IMDb. It says he's in The Exorcist 3. I saw that, but I was so freaking young. He was <laughs> Warm Tongue, whatever that is, in The Lord of the Rings, The Two Tower. I've seen that movie about a dozen times, but I couldn't tell you who that is. Uh, so he played a bunch of smaller things from what I'm seeing. But man, he did such a good job in this movie, specifically at one part that we'll get to later. Yes, I know which part you're hinting at. Yeah. So from here, um, Annie is talking to Lori and saying, okay, we just need to take it. You just need to take it one day at a time. And uh, Lori fucking snaps at Annie for saying that. And just yeah, telling her, like, really you don't know what for each other. You don't know what it's like, all this other shit. And she's, Lori is just a bitch. She really is. A complete bitch in this How movie. does she not know she was right there with you? Yeah. So Lori leaves the house uh, and she goes to her therapy session and her counselor says to her, I'm concerned for you, but I can't say I'm surprised. Halloween is a trigger for you and it's right around the corner. And Lori's saying like, I, I know that he's dead. I shot him in the head. And the therapist is the one that's like, well, they never found his body. I know. <laughs> like, why wow, is what a, a ther- shitty therapist. Why as a therapist would you start talking shit like that? Yeah, and maybe the thought process behind it is she's trying to get that because she knows that she's thinking that. Yeah. Absolutely, and she's trying to get her to say it. But man, that's fucked up. <laughs> it really is. Uh, so the therapist asks her how her relationship with Annie's going, and uh, she says – to be blunt about it, she's a constant reminder. It's hard to look at her and not think of that night, uh, which I get. That's got to be something super hard. The The PTSD, so Lori's character in this movie is insanely annoying. The crying, the yeah. screaming, the yelling, it's nonstop. But she does a very good job of playing a very hurt person. Yeah, It's a very annoying character, but... I don't know how off that would be of somebody who went through what she went through. I mean, you can see the way that Lori was played by Jamie Lee in H2O, Mm -hmm. where she was super paranoid. She was trying to self-medicate, that type of thing. But I think, excuse me, this time Lori is like way over the top. Yeah. So that Lori uh, in H2O was broken but fixed Mm -hmm. that lori gained the confidence in herself this lori 
is shattered. She just went off the deep end. Yeah, she is completely gone. She's completely shattered and almost seems like at this point there is no fixing. Yes. So we're trying to get a character redemption here. We're trying to bring it to the point where Lori goes from broken to fixed. We'll see if we get there. So now we go to Loomis. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Loomis arrives in his limo uh, to a uh, some type of speech that he's giving. He's meeting with a bunch of journalists. He's a dick. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, he, he's talking to his counselor who's trying to give him advice, and he's just telling her, like, she doesn't know shit. Shut your mouth. Go get me Go get me a latte. I'm not going to talk to this convention until I get a latte. He got mad because they used the wrong photo. It was the old Loomis and not the new Loomis. And I yeah. thought, you're right. This is a new Loomis, and I hate him. <laughs> uh, yeah, even the assistant's like, well, the old Loomis is what sells. So Lori pulls into her job. Um, and now we meet the new girls, uh, Harley and Maya, I believe are their names, but they're very, very rarely said throughout this film. This, this is, is the first time when I seen Lori go to her job with these two girls where I was like, this is definitely Rob Zombie. She literally has dreadlocks. She's dressed the way that Rob Zombie would dress. I said, this is like copy and paste of what he looks like. Yeah. As a woman. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, but it's a very psychedelic type of shop. The uh, owner of its name is Uncle Meat. <laughs> <laughs> and the girls are all rockers and they're talking to each other like super sexual and all that. And, yeah. uh, they're all obviously have their own issues. Uh, none quite as bad as Lori, but whatever. So Loomis is back at the thing and he's playing a video of Myers being told that his mother's dead. So he recorded himself telling Myers that his mom is dead and Myers is just like, she'll be back. She'll be back. But the fact that he's playing a video telling a kid that his mom is dead to this group of people just lets you know from the very beginning, if you didn't think Loomis was fucked up from the last scene, this scene drives it home. Absolutely. It's such a messed up thing to do. To Even though th this person is completely despicable, like scum of the earth human, you're almost at that level by recording you telling this kid that his mom is dead and then showing oh, it to a group of people. he dives deeper into the scum of the universe oh, as sure. the movie goes on. But yeah, this is where you really get it hit home. Loomis does not give a crap. Yeah. About anybody but himself and money. Yeah. So he's given a speech about how psychotic Michael is, claims that he was like a father figure himself to Michael. Um, and he's answering questions uh, from the audience. And he's getting super pissed at people when they're like, oh, he's alive. He's like, Michael is fucking dead. Yeah. He was fucking shot in the head. Yeah. He's getting super pissed about this. People are blaming him. And he's like, I was a victim too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's because if Michael does come, you know, back, quote unquote, from the dead, he can show all these lies that Loomis is, you know, telling people in his books. Yeah, so from here it shows Michael walking around some uh, cornfield or something in a robe. Um, no mask on. He's very bearded, long hair. Looks like uh, Rob Zombie without dreads. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a six foot eight brute dude walking yeah. through a cornfield in the middle of the night. 
and he's having visions of his mom telling him, Michael, Halloween is coming. Don't let us down. And he's like, it kind of reminds me of, is it Jason from Friday? Yeah. Where it's like the mom's telling him to kill. Kill for mommy, Jason. Yeah, it gave me that vibe. Yeah, except much worse. Well, much worse. But <laughs> it, it takes a little bit of that. Yeah. So a group of three people show up in a truck, uh, two dudes and a girl, and they see Myers driving around and like, hey, I thought that I told you to get the fuck out of here. You're not trespassing on my property. And uh, he's not leaving. One of them's, uh, what's his name, Bobby from Sons of Anarchy? Yes, I noticed that right away. <laughs> I don't know who the other guy was or the girl, but uh, he comes out with a tire iron, and the other dude comes out with a baseball bat, and they beat the fuck out of Michael. Oh, like, yeah. holy shit, they're knocking his kneecaps with a baseball bat, slamming him in the face with the tire iron, and the woman's apologizing to Michael, like, hey, I'm sorry. Hey, guys, stop, stop. You're killing yeah. him. You're going to kill the dude. And they just keep going, and they get back in the truck, and they're like, you come here again. We're going to fucking kill you. So Myers gets up, puts his mask on, slices the first guy's throat, stabs the other dude about a million times, cut to silence in slow motion of him breaking into the truck, stabbing the woman, uh, and grunting with each stab. Like, even though it's in slow motion, you can still hear him as he's stabbing. He took and one then, of the guys uh, and put him to the, the front of the truck where they had deer... Deer antlers. Yes, and slammed him into it. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Brutal as fuck. Absolutely. And then he kills the dog that they had in the bed of the truck and eats it. Oh, is that what it was eating? Yeah, he was eating the dog. I said, oh, at least he didn't kill the dog because the dog was barking and he took the knife and he went across the cage. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. They, at least they didn't show it. But, yeah, he killed the dog and ate the dog. Oh, that makes me uh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> and as he's eating the dog, it shows Sheriff Brackett bringing home a pizza with sausage all over it. <laughs> and they're all talking about how men are supposed to eat meat and it's flashing to zombie eating – or zombie. <laughs> Myers eating the dog. Uh out of the back of the truck. Oh, I didn't put and two and as two soon together. as he starts eating the dog out of the back of the truck, that's when Lori gets sick, almost like she can taste what Myers is tasting. I so did I notice that. that. I didn't realize it was the dog. Yeah, so uh, Annie gets up to make sure that she's okay, and Lori's apologizing for being a complete bitch earlier. Uh, and now we you got... You can tell that she's had to do that multiple times. Yeah, because she was pissed about it. Like, yep, it's going to be me again, isn't it, Dad? Yeah. And then she has to go do it. Myers is getting more visions of his mom walking to adult him and child him. So child vision of him is sitting in front of him. And uh, Deborah Myers is walking up to him just because, you know, Rob Zombie's got to get Sherry Moon Zombie in the movie. <laughs> so we got this weird music video-like scene of Halloween things at a dinner table. And Myers is telling... Uh, child Myers is telling Deborah Myers that they found Boo, and it's Lori stretched out on the table with the, like the Halloween things. It, super music video y. <laughs> it doesn't fit this. It looked cool. Yeah. But it, it didn't do anything for me. And then Lori wakes up screaming again October 30th. Michael's walking into Haddonfield, so there's a big sign of Haddonfield. And. Now we are back to Loomis. Loomis is in front of the Myers house. And the assistant is telling him, what you're doing is like quite sleazy. out disgusting. Yeah. 
call it disgusting to interview in front of the Myers house. She's like, people lost their kids here. What are you doing? Wilma says, I'm selling the sizzle, not the steak. I know. I wanted to slap him when he said that. <laughs> and he said, she says it's bad taste. I wrote down, Loomis sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this version of Loomis sucks. I miss Who the says old that? Loomis. After a mass murder, like murder happens, yeah. I'm selling the sizzle, not the steak. Yeah. What the hell? Like you were supposed to save this guy as a kid. That was your job to make sure that he doesn't You're turn one into and only what he job. turned into. And then he went off of a hinge, killed a bunch of people, and now you're profiting because you failed at your job. Right. Damn. Disgusting. Yeah. So Lori's getting visions of her as Michael Myers as a kid killing his family. So when he killed Ronnie and um, everybody in his family that day, she was seeing it from his perspective. She's obviously broken. She hallucinates of doing that to Annie. Yeah. Which is disgusting. Yeah. So there's more music like uh, music video like scenes of her in a coffin and flashing between images of whatever. None of it made any sense of being in there, but it's there. Uh, and she gets out of the vision, kind of like comes to in front of a mirror and just downs all of her meds. So she is popping pills to deal with her problems. And she's talking to her therapist, freaking the fuck out. Because she's out of medication. She needs her therapist to get more. Therapist is saying no. She uh, told her to do some breathing exercises. And she's like, your breathing exercises can go fuck themselves. I want my meds. Yeah. She's like, well, you should have plenty. She's like, I have none. Yeah. Because I ate them <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, I took them. So long story short, she leaves there. Sheriff Brackett's watching an interview of Loomis on TV. And Loomis says something that freaks him the fuck out. Uh, so Annie is checking on Lori because she's drinking now. She's like, oh, I see that your work friends taught you something fun. Yeah. <laughs> so because she doesn't have medicine anymore, she's using, uh, booze, booze as her medicine. Yep. So it's sad to see. It's that sad they... that they pinned Annie and Lori against each other. Yep. I didn't really like that. Well, I do because it worked for the story. Um, where we get to with that hits so much harder because of that, I think. Yes. So I liked it. Uh, it worked. What I didn't, what made me uncomfortable, and it's not a bad thing that it made me uncomfortable, was how broken Lori really is in this movie. Yeah. Uh, she is. Like, everything about her is broken. It's a completely different character which i understand from the first one the first one she was like the nerd like super shy super quiet to where now she's completely off the deep end drinking drugs you know just like out of her mind crazy which again i understand i've never been through a traumatic experience like that yeah but i could see where it would push you so far against what you're used to this movie's got really good ideas and if it wasn't for the bad ones this could be a very good movie uh so from here, Annie just says, eh, you don't need my shit. I deal with your shit 24-7. And they're fighting back and forth with each other. And now we're at the strip club. The owner is super proud that he's on TV. He's a Frankenstein guy. And uh, the security guard is there, which was actually supposed to be Bill Mosley. Um, I thought it would have been awesome with him. But he was on set for one day, hated the Weinsteins and the production problems that they were having. And just left. 
<laughs> so we ended up getting this guy. They couldn't even uh, audition for his role because they had no time. They were so far behind schedule, so they just oh, grabbed yeah. him. He was supposed to be a second secondary guy for something. Uh, but uh, the security guard is there, and <laughs> they make some joke about uh, what does a stripper do with his, the asshole for 10 bucks and he's like i don't know what make him take the trash out <laughs> i forget the exact wording but it was pretty funny uh and, and I then thought they that said the, take the trash out yeah they make him take the trash out myers is hiding out by the dumpster and the guard tries to kick him out guard is talking all this trash to myers like you don't want me to put you in the er buddy <laughs> and i just did that it is such an awesome character i yeah. really enjoyed the uh the, the night the strip club guard he, he's so cool the bouncer um so the guards talking shit myers knocks him on his ass and fucking stomps his head in oh god that was so gross <laughs> it was so neat uh, said the, the sound of his head crushing was so gross yeah you can see a vision of his mom and a kid uh kid myers behind him as he's doing it so back in the club uh Mom was saying to Myers, only a river of blood can bring us back together. And the owner is fucking the stripper. Uh, he puts on his Frankenstein stuff to try and turn her on more or something. <laughs> but, you know, she's in it for the money for this fat old guy. <laughs> uh, and Myers walks in on him having sex. He pulls a gun on him. Myers doesn't flick, flinch at all. And just fucking choke slams the shit out of this owner into a table. <laughs> Felt like something straight out of nineties Attitude Era WWE <laughs> stuff. And the, the strip, tables. yeah, the stripper runs out now. She's naked, uh, just flailing around, boobs hanging out. Uh, the guard's body or the bouncer's body is strung up in some lights outside of the room. Myers kills the owner. Well, he doesn't kill him yet. He snaps his wrist, oh, and God. the owner walks out, and his wrist is dangling oh off God, of his arm it was so gross <laughs> and all he, this all the stuff in this movie is why i don't like horror <laughs> it, yeah. it makes me cringe and you love that and that's great for you yeah but, but you love the saw and hostile movies and that's all that they are that's the only intent there's no story behind them it's just gore Oh, my God, I just, I can't. I watched the movie through, like, holes in my fingers. Well, either way, uh, Myers kills both of them, beating their faces into the wall. Uh, so now it's October 31st. And the stripper actually grabs a hold of his mask and rips it. So from here on out, his mask, one I think it's uh, his it's left eye. it's one of the eyes. Yeah, yeah, I think his left eye, that part of the mask is completely gone. I thought that was cool. Yeah, so we find out that the thing Sheriff Brackett was super pissed about is... Uh, Loomis came out with a new book and he's doing autograph signings in the town. So Brackett is reading the book and he reads something that pisses him off tremendously. We don't know what it is at this point. So Brackett calls Annie and wants to speak with Lori. Lori's not home, so it's something to deal with Lori. So he's trying his best not to concern her and say, hey, listen, it's something that I need to talk to her. It's pretty important, but I'd like to say it to her. So don't worry. It's nothing to concern yourself about. He He's really trying to put her at ease because Annie knows something's up. Right. So That's stupid. Lori is walking around town, and she sees the book, The Devil Walks Amongst Us by Loomis and buys a copy. Myers is walking into town, and he's he's a poker poster of the book. 
his mom and baby Mike is walking around with her. It's uh, so weird. And says, he's still out there, rich and famous, all because of our pain. Hope he's having fun. Like, uh, come on, Deborah. Cherry Moon Zombie, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you have no place in here. You're dead. Yeah. Stop. Fucking stop being in this movie. Oh. But Loomis is in there. He's signing copies. There's a huge line. Uh, one, you can tell Myers has a huge cult falling in this town already, and it's only Absolutely. two years since the murders. Absolutely. Like, talk about sleazeball stuff. It's not like 15 years later or, or anything crazy. This is two years after the mass murders that just took place from Myers, not to mention the 15 years before that. To be fair, that type of stuff sells really well, like in a town. Sure, but, but not this I soon. I agree with you in that. Not this soon. If you want to make a book, go for it. Make your book. Don't go in the town that it happened to, making autographs of yes. the book. Yes, yes. Uh, that's where, especially today, it would never happen. This is where my heart uh, So what? Broke. One guy uh, comes up and he asks for an autograph of his book. And when he opens it up, there's a picture of a girl in there. And it's Linda from the last movie. And Loomis is looking at it like, uh, do you want me to sign the picture? Or do you want me to sign the book? What an asshole. And he's like, oh, you don't recognize that picture, huh? And he's just freaking trying everything in him to not be broken and it's the father of linda and he's starting to yell you butchered my baby and pulls a gun out on him and uh the security there stops him and then we're back in the limo and the assistant's like well the police said the gun wasn't loaded but the assistant is just completely sick of his shit at this point um she tries to tell him like off the record like that was ridiculous that you're not even feeling bad for these family members. Yeah. So we're back to Lori reading the book, and she finds out that she is Michael Myers' sister. She is freaking the fuck out. I'm like, telling Annie, you better tell me you didn't know. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. She's like, oh, I'm Angel Myers. I'm evil. Uh, that had to be, like, soul-wrecking. Yeah. So, Lori is with her friends uh, at this point, and she wants to get fucked up. So, now she convinces them, hey, let's go to the party. Uh, <laughs> it shoots over to a TV show of a some talk show where Weird Al is a guest for it, <laughs> and uh, Loomis is a guest, and the... TV show announcers like, uh, so you're profiting off the mis- misery of others. How does this make you feel? And Weird Al jumps in. He's like, you know, it's something I'm not proud of, but something that I've been dealing with all the time. He goes, I always get permission for the parodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a very funny scene. Yes. But uh, he's like, no, I'm talking to Loomis, obviously. <laughs> and Loomis just comes off the pest, uh, set super pissed. He He's obviously been ragged on like crazy. Uh, As he should be. Yeah, so now we're back in Haddonfield. Some little kid sees Myers just fucking hulking over him. Oh, my God. Like, oh, do you want to be friends? I thought this movie was going to go there and kill this kid. Yeah. But they didn't. Thank and the goodness. mom just grabs the kid and is like, oh, let's get away from that fucking monster. <laughs> uh, so we're back to Sheriff Brackett, who sent some cops over to Annie's house to watch her and make sure that she's fine. Uh, Harley, her friend, goes into a van to fuck some dude dressed as the Wolfman. Wolfman goes to piss. Myers is in the back 
stabbing him. You can see him from the van's window. That was a neat and feature. Then he breaks into the van uh, and strangles Harley to death. And uh, Loomis is now watching his interview on TV. He's super pissed because they're burying him. Then we're back at the party, so there's a lot of jumping back and forth. Things got into high gear at this point. Um, we're back at the party. Lori's looking for Maya. Uh, she sees a vision of Myers' uh, mom, Deborah, and the kid Myers. And they're telling her, it's almost time to come home, Angel. And she freaks the fuck out. Um, Sheriff Brackett calls to check on Annie. The cop's still outside. Meyer strangles him and snaps his neck. Annie goes to take a bath and has visions of mom and uh, child Myers in there. And you can see Myers in the house stalking her. And she sees him and it cuts to complete silence in the slow motion of her trying to run away. You hear her screaming and getting stabbed and then it cuts to black. Man, that, that's, that's, that's a strong scene. Yeah. Uh, so now we cut back to Laura and Maya, who make it back to her, the house, and they are fucked up, like beyond drunk. And you can see the cop is dead. They didn't see it yet because they're both hammered. Um, Myers is walking around the house. The girls go upstairs. The house is destroyed, and there's blood everywhere. And then she sees Annie. She sends Maya to call 911 while she's checking on her. Annie's still alive. She is, there's blood everywhere. She's stabbed in so many different spots. And this is what makes all of the arguing back and forth between Lori and Annie worth it. Because yeah. there's so much emotional connection here. She's begging um, her to stay alive. Yeah. And then the Myers grabs Maya by the back of her head while she's on the phone, but she did get to give the address out in time so that the cops know, hey, people are dead here and here's the address. And then Myers grabs her by the back of the head after that and stabs her several times to kill her. So now it's only Lori and Annie in the house. Sheriff Brackett receives the 911 call for his own house. Had to be terrifying. So despite Lori's cries being super annoying... Uh, throughout the entire movie, you feel for her so much when Annie dies yes. in this moment. Meyer starts beating on the bathroom door. Lori gets out just in time, but then she sees Maya dead. And you see Meyer's mom and Kid Meyer's behind Michael Myers. And there's this cool visual of uh, her running away with light behind her. I thought that it looked pretty neat. So this is the most heartbreaking scene in the movie where Sheriff Brackett comes into the house to see Annie just... Man, it, Brad Dorff sells the shit out of this scene. Yeah, it, this is such a powerful scene. It's very rare in a horror movie to have this type of emotional connection with a character after somebody died. Usually it's just somebody died, let's move on. Yeah. They make such a big deal out of it and they do such a great job with it. There's even home videos of... Um, of Annie as a kid, and it's actually her. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's amazing that they were able to do it. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Danielle uh, Harris. Harris. It's videos of Danielle Harris as a kid. Yeah. And you can tell because you know what she looks like. She was in Halloween four and five. I think so that probably was from Halloween four. 
Because she was about the same age. Yeah. Or it was a home movie, one of or the two. Either way, it so was the same age. The sheriff's escorted out of the house. Some guys stopped to pick up Lori from the side of the road because she just ran. And Myers brutally kills this dude, too. <sighs> so Myers grabs Lori by the hair and he brings her to a shack in the middle of the woods. But the sheriff is informed that Myers is carrying Lori away to a shack so they know where it is. So she can see visions of Deborah, who's telling her to repeat after me. I love you, Mommy. And she makes her repeat it several times. Kid Myers is holding her down. Cops have the place surrounded at this point. Helicopters everywhere, tons of cars. It's on the news. Loomis sees it on the news and goes straight there. He pulls up. Sheriff Brackett punches him right in the fucking face. I thought it was great that... <laughs> he pulls his gun on him, wants to kill him. Yeah, I thought it was great that the sheriff was still there, even after the trauma of losing Annie. Yeah. You can tell that he truly does care for Lori. He's been trying to protect this secret all along. Um, and I really think it's important that he goes to try to help save her. Yeah. So he tells uh, Sheriff Brack Loomis tells Sheriff Brackett, hey, I'm here because Myers is going to listen to me. I've been a father figure to him. I owe you Bullshit. this. Loomis, <laughs> you're, you're a dickhead. So he enters the room, tells Myers that she needs to come with him. And uh, it's so weird because it, you can't tell who sees who. He doesn't see uh, Deborah and Kid Myers there, but she definitely does. Kid Myers is holding her down. Deborah is there. And she's like, you can't see him? You can't see him. What's going on? And then mom says, it's time, Michael. Take his home. It cuts to silence. And Michael tackles Loomis out of the building, rips his mask off, and yells, die! <laughs> and then he kills Loomis. And Myers gets shot from about 100 sniper rifles. To be, where are we here? 10? 12? 10 or 12? Or 10 or 11 Halloween movies in. And the very first word that Michael Myers says is, die. Yeah. Like, as an adult, Michael does not talk. Yeah. Why would he say die to Loomis? It makes no if sense. If he didn't say anything it. when he was murdering his own family, <clears throat> why would he say it to Loomis? Yep, I don't like it. But he does. He gets shot. Lori walks out of the shack, sees Mom and Kid Myers, and Myers are laying down dead. She grabs the knife, walks over to Loomis, and the cops shoot her. Love Hurts from Nazareth starts playing. Visions of Lori in a white room with a sadistic looking smile while uh, Deborah Myers with the white horse is walking up to her. Credits roll and in the credits it shows screenshots of every kill that Myers did throughout the two movies. Uh, the vision of Lori in the white room awesome. Yeah. Very cool way to end it. The fact that the cops shoot her, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so... This movie is one that so many just call a big pile of worthless shit. Uh, like, you don't know this. You haven't read any reviews, watched any tier rankings. This is, like, so far down on the bottom of people's lists. It's worse than Resurrection. It's worse than uh, Five. This is the bottom of the bottom for a lot of people. I think this movie has flaws to it. But it... It's very dark. It's very brutal. It has 
some really good ideas to it. If they could have just separated and some of their ideas, I think they'd have a gold mine. If somebody went to Zombie and just said, I, I don't care how much you want it, we don't need a white horse. Yeah. We don't need Loomis to be a dick. Yeah. This is a great movie. Yeah. Even if they'd have Loomis kind of do this fame thing, I think they just did it too much. Yeah, like he went full, full 180, and you can't make a character do that in a matter of two years because it's not going to happen. No. Uh, to go from him being somebody who truly cares to somebody who does not give a fuck about anything in this world besides making a dollar, that's yeah, that's not his character. And th- like I said, there were major missteps, but overall, it's... Uh, it's okay. Uh, for me, it's just one step below average. For you, it's decently above. It's in between average and great. But to be fair, these are the first two like horror movies that I've seen, and I've seen it a couple times, so I didn't yeah. have a lot to compare it to. Now that I've seen kind of the franchise from the beginning to this, I can see where this is a misstep. Yeah, but you, you did rank it as a seven, so to you, this isn't a misstep. To you, this is good. I like a lot of the story other than the white horse gotcha. and Loomis being a complete dick. If he dialed that down a little bit, I'd like it a lot more. Okay, fair enough. So the next movie is Halloween 2018. Uh, I remember going in theaters for this, and it was such a cool experience because in the theater, they played the original Halloween 1978, followed immediately by uh 2018 and it was such a really really cool experience i had a great time at the theater um wish i could experience something like that again but this thursday we're going to be going to see halloween ends and i'm very much looking forward to that um so i don't know if we're gonna have enough time to crank out two more movies before thursday as today's already tuesday (laughs) uh and it's already 7 25 so we'll see maybe we'll watch halloween 2018 tonight do a podcast tonight, halfway asleep, and then uh, knock out the other one tomorrow. We'll see if we can make it work. Yeah, I'd like to get all these done before it ends, but if not, we can easily go back and do kills after ends. That That's fine as well. But until next time, this is the Horror's Edge Podcast, and I'm Phil. And I'm Stacy. We'll catch you next time.